skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pro's covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair. So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash justbreakup. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash justbreakup for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash justbreakup. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who's wondering if she should be friends with her ex. But before we begin, <laughs> we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. Correct. We are not professionals. We are not trained or accredited in any way. These are just our opinions. So please take our advice as you see fit in your life. We are only here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Okay, it's Monday, so we're going to do a quick check-in topic before diving into today's letter. The check-in topic is another question um, sent to us by one of our amazing patrons over on Patreon. If you haven't signed up yet, in the month of January, we're kind of doing like a NPR-inspired <laughs> patron drive. We're trying it to is. like hit the goal of 100 new patrons in the month of January because we love that this podcast is 
predominantly like community funded and we love that it's free for you to listen to and we want to keep it that way. So if you want to support the work that we're doing for free here on your primary podcast listeners, you can head on over to Patreon for some extra bonus content for as little as $5 a month. Anyway, so this question is sent to us by one of our awesome patrons. They write, Sam, I love the way you talk about how independent you and Peter are. I love if you would cover more about how you were able to do some of that demonogamizing and if it feels innate or something you learned how to do. Mm. Yeah. And just quick clarification before you answer, you and your husband Peter are married and you are in a monogam, uh, like a, <laughs> I forgot the word. You <laughs> Monogamous. are in... <laughs> There we go. A monogamous, you know, uh, relationship. Yeah. Um, You two practice monogamy in your relationship. However, we have, you know, you in general, um, your relationship is very independent of one another in lots of really healthy ways. And on the show here and in real life, you and I talk a lot about demonogamizing our minds so that we don't think about our partners like they are. I don't know. Our possession. Our property. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Um, And how to separate our identity from the idea of a couplehood that we get sort of sold on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I I like this question. Um, And I also think that like, uh, it's hard for me to answer partially because it does feel a little innate to me as a person to like want independence, right? Like, you know, I think I think for sure in my in my early years of dating I was in relationships that were like not I wouldn't say interdependent I would say like codependent right where it was like my understanding of myself was like tied up in the relationship itself and like that went to shit because often those relationships do and um I think I sort of had like a a big come to Jesus moment where I was like this isn't working well for me, right? Like this, like sort of like this, like codependency, this, this desire for relationship in ways that, um, kind of completes me or whatever the idea might be like, isn't working. Um, and also then during that time I lived by myself and I had to learn how to like feed myself and like take care of my space and like do things on my own and like make choices for myself, which was not super innate to me because of my, uh, childhood. (laughs) So that was like a really big sort of like come to Jesus moment where I was like, Oh, I am capable of doing this alone. Right. Like I am capable of going to the grocery store and getting everything that I need and planning meals for myself. I am capable of fixing my car when it's not working. And if I can't fix it, finding a place to fix it. Right. Like all of these things that I would have been like, ah, I need someone to like help me through this. I was like, I don't have a choice. (laughs) Like I got to figure out how to do this on my own. Like no one is coming to help me out. Um, And I think that that was really helpful for me to kind of like build up my own understanding of like my ability to like take care of myself and, and then entering into relationships after that, I was like a very independent person. I think sometimes like to a fault in some ways where I was like, I didn't want to let people in as much as I could have partially because I was like, I really like this thing that I'm doing where I'm like taking care of myself. And I think part of my identity kind of got wrapped up in my own ability to be independent. 
and like I think being with Peter, being in like a relationship that feels supportive and sustainable has also taught me to like let people help me more, right? Like be okay with letting people into what I'm thinking about or feeling or what I need help on. Um, and like that has been really helpful, but I, I will say that like getting out of that really codependent relationship, which then turned into a codependent, like cohabitating situation, right? Cause I lived with that person for two years after we broke up. Don't do that. <laughs> Not a good idea. Uh, I like went to therapy and was like, I feel so like responsible for this person in a way that doesn't feel healthy and doesn't feel su supportive and like had to have some really hard conversations with my therapist about like codependency and about like developing my own sense of self and being like, why do you feel so responsible for this person who's like not actually in your life and isn't actually like making your life better <laughs> like they're just like kind of making it worse um and so I had to kind of learn some stuff about like my own tendencies to like want to fix people to like take care of people and that like that's not my job in a relationship yeah that makes a lot of sense so when you got with Peter you were kind of you know you had recognized that a certain level of independence was really good for you was really good for your mental health um but you you just said too that like you had to learn how to let people take care of you. Do you remember having any conversations with Peter? You know, like is Peter naturally independent as well? Or was this like a learning curve in your relationship? I also want like maybe before you answer that, maybe we can kind of give some examples about like what this independence looks like for people who are like, what does that mean? You know, like what does being independent in a relationship look like? Cause I know if I can, I can identify it thinking about your relationship too, uh, pretty easily because um, of the markers that I see in your relationship. For sure. Yeah. I think, um, you know, like Peter and I have rich social lives that intersect and also are divergent. <laughs> and like, we don't, like, we don't, we have a group of friends, but we don't, we also have like friends outside of those friend groups that like neither of us like is part of, right? Like we know each other and like we can hang out with those people, but like, you know, we're each cultivating our own relationships outside of our relationship. We spend time apart, um, both like Peter's going out with our friends and I'm like, I'm too tired and I don't want to do that or like vice versa. Like that kind of stuff happens. Like, you know, Peter goes on coffee dates with people like during the day and it's like, cool, I don't really know that person. Like, go for it. <laughs> you know, like that sort of independence you know, like we'll take solo trips, right? Like where one person will stay home and the other person will like literally like go someplace else across the country or whatever. Um, yeah. And we kind of have this like sort of way that we operate with each other where it's like, you know, we don't go to the grocery store together. You know, like we don't necessarily like need to do every task together. It's kind of like we each have our kind of spheres yeah. of work that we do in the household that we either enjoy doing or can like tolerate doing. Uh, and we kind of just like do those things, right? We And we ask for help if we need it, right? Like if Peter usually does the grocery shopping, but, and if he can't, he'll be like, can you do this? And I'll be like, absolutely for sure. But it's not like we're spending every day kind of like figuring out how we co-manage our house together or like how we co-manage each other. Um, like it feels like we're, we're just two very different people who love each other and love to be with each other and also like really also enjoy operating in our lives in ways that we want to. And we're both cool with that with each other. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think it's uh, it's like taught me a lot about interdependence, too, that like I love that you are the a couple that you don't always you know, there's couples that do everything together, which is fine. And then um, and then I get to learn from your example where like I don't always know if Peter's going to come with you when we go do social events or not. And I think that's like a really great muscle to exercise too. even like when you're in a relationship, stopping and thinking like, do I want to go out? Do I want to socialize right now? Or do, do I need to fill up my cup in a different way? You know, do I, if, if I, you know, tapping into the sense of security of saying like, my partner wants to be social right now and I feel a little burnt out. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stay at home be in silence and read a book or whatever. That's really what I learned from you and Peter too, is, is how a sense of healthy independence in a relationship can be so good for your own like mental health. Um, I think it's great. Yeah. So did you guys have to have like a learning curve, you know, when you started dating about this sort of interdependence, independence sort of thing? Yeah. I mean, I think we had some like conversations early on about like how often we would like see each other during the week, which was often like once or twice uh, before we like moved in together and spent much more time together. Um, and I think like, you know, looking back on that, I'm not entirely convinced that that was like Peter's ideal <laughs> that like he was maybe yeah. just kind of going along with it. Cause he really liked me. Yeah. Cause uh, you're cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I do think it like, that level of sort of independence helped set us up in the in the future for when we were like living together to continue to maintain that sort of sense of independence. Um, and it worked really well for us. Like it doesn't have to work really well for everyone else. Like I, I totally get that some folks are like, I want to spend all the time that I can with my partner. For me, thinking about that, wanting that, led to a lot of like hurt feelings and a lot of like weird expectations in that previous relationship. And I think what I really appreciate about how Peter and I now talk about our independence is that we are really fluent in having conversations about like, do you want me to come to this thing or is it, does it like not matter to you? Right. Like, is this like a, please, please do this. Is this like, like, a, I really need you there. Is this like a, it would be nice, but that's okay if you don't want to, or is this like, I don't care at all. Like just do what you want to do. <laughs> right. Like we like have those explicit conversations with each other about a lot of things in our lives. Right. Like, cause, and I think what's great about it is that it like kind of respects our autonomy and also like is always an invitation to ask for what we need. So if I'm like, I'm going to this work event and it's going to be full of like coworkers and like their partners, like I really need you to be there for me. <laughs> right. Like then it's like, cool. I'm being really explicit about like what the ask is. And I'm also equipped to be able to ask what I need. And that doesn't mean that everyone gets to do what they want all the time. Right. Like sometimes I have to go do a thing that I don't want to do, but it's not like, the expectation isn't unsaid, right? It's not like I'm sitting here being like, oh God, Peter is asking me to go to this thing again. Oh, I don't want to do this, but I feel like I have no option, right? But instead it's like, we're, we're so explicit about it because we are so practiced at least with each other about like understanding and recognizing and appreciating each other's independence and autonomy and like what we want to do 
for each other. And I think it, it's yeah. more meaningful because then I if it's like, beautiful. I really need you to be there and he's like, cool, I'll be there even though I don't want to. I'm like, that's great. Like you're doing wow, the thing you, you don't yeah. want to do <laughs> like for me. Like, for isn't me. that amazing? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's beautiful. I think I've learned a lot from watching your relationship about how, um, how, stability shows up in relationships and how security shows up in relationships as alone time as saying no to things like it it's been really inspiring for me as someone who goes grocery shopping on a first date with somebody you know <laughs> to be like <laughs> and, and someone who I you know the years prior to the making the podcast I was really like socially isolated and was in a long term uh, long distance relationship and I learned in that, in that year, two years of not really socializing a ton and like dating someone far away that like, I need a lot of alone time. I didn't know that about myself. I didn't have that intuitive feeling. Um, I had codependent feelings. <laughs> um, but anyway, <clears throat> I appreciate you giving your insight on that. And thank you to our patron for the wonderful question. Absolutely. Also, we go to bed at different times, which really weirds people out sometimes when oh I God. tell them that. <laughs> tell me. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Uh, Peter goes to bed at like 830 because he is a teacher and he's tired and he has to wake up really early. And I don't want to go to bed at 830. <laughs> like I've got other things you, that I want to do, do, do with my Do you sit evening. in bed with him or do you stay up? <laughs> no, I stay up. And then he just goes to sleep. And then I come into bed when I'm ready for bed and we sleep. And then he wakes up at a god-awful hour of the morning and goes to work and then i wake up later <laughs> that is so funny that's like we one say part of our life and we like we're like absolutely love one you part like, of our relationship well. where willow and i <laughs> confess to being super codependent we're like <laughs> i'll be like i'm going upstairs i'm tired and she'll be like okay i'm coming too <laughs> i love it or it's like you she's can't like, be away from each other she's like i'm gonna you know i think i'm gonna go to sleep early and i'll be like <laughs> You were just going to leave me here. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I mean, it is like sometimes Peter goes to bed I, and I'm disappointed, right? Like, cause I'm like, I yeah. wish you would stay up with me. I totally get that. But I'm also like, and you need to sleep. And I get that as well. I and know. then like, also like, I, I will know. tell you the times between like 830 and 10 is like, I get to do so whatever relaxing I want. Me time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, it's totally. like, I get to play my video game. I get to like read my book. I get to watch the show I want to watch. Like Peter's and watching with me. Like, it's nice to have like some time to like make yeah. that happen. Peter, unfortunately yeah. doesn't get that time because <laughs> he has to wake up at an ungodly <laughs> hour in the morning. Uh, but we, we compensate in other ways, you know? Yeah, totally. <clears throat> okay, cool. Thanks for answering that great question and want to get into our letter. Let's do it. This letter comes from Cassie Sucks, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing from Boston. Dear Sam and Sierra, a little bit about me. I'm a 29-year-old queer woman. I've lived in Boston for the last five years, and it hasn't always been easy to meet and make friends or partners. I have a good small group of friends that I made through work and mostly go about finding partners via dating apps. In 2021, I met a guy, let's call him Jay, on Hinge. He seemed like someone that I could be into based off of his profile, and upon meeting him, even more so. We had a great first date, talked all night, definite chemistry, made plans for the very next day. It seemed pretty good right off the bat gate. Then I left town for a week, his grandmother died, and we didn't see each other or talk too much for the next couple weeks. 
I wanted to keep up the momentum, but I understood the space that he was in, so didn't want to pry. He would message me and reach out, wanting to hang out, and sometimes he would follow through, and other times he would bail and flake on me. This went on for a few months, and no, my partners, and no, my friends did not like it at all. LOL. He would one minute be really into me, and the next minute he'd be like, whoa, this is getting kind of scary of me for me, let's not, and just pull away in the form of ghosting me. And then inevitably reach out again. In one of our off moments, he asked if we could just be friends. This period was actually so nice. I thought we got along really well and it was cool. But one day when we were hanging out, he was like, no, of course I like you. I want to pursue something with you. Why do you think that we've been hanging out? And let me tell you, I was shook. I was like, WTF, dude, are you serious? But I was dumb enough that I responded with enthusiasm and agreement. And that lasted all of one week, LMAO. And off he ghosted. And this kind of went on for like a year and a half too long, of course. Things were always on his terms. I was always going to his house, making the commute, doing things that he wanted. I, it was not healthy to say the least. And then one day I decided I just didn't want him in my life. So I did a slow and subtle block, block, block. He reached out and I told him that I didn't want to be friends at all. And that was that. Or so I thought. He texted me a couple times over the next couple months, but I just ignored. How is he texting you if you block, block, blocked him? Is my question for you, friend. <laughs> <laughs> that was early this year. Then a month ago, November 2023, he requests to follow me on Instagram. Again, how is he requesting to follow you if he's blocked? <laughs> <laughs> You and know, I'm and they're an OG <laughs> listener, so they know, they know what th you're going to ask them to do. <laughs> and I'm so confused. <laughs> I just accept, but I don't follow back. He ends up liking my stories and posts most days, and he doesn't say anything. I found this as infuriating as anyone else would, of course. And then yesterday, he finally writes me a message. He asked if I'd be into a catch-up in the new year. I asked him if he was still the same person who hurt me, and he kind of apologized. <laughs> but he did say, I can apologize a million times in the apology, which I think kind of ruined it. Anyway, I'm finally at my question. Do I hang out with this guy and do a catch-up? My friends are vehemently against it, LOL. <laughs> I know I do not want to have a romantic relationship with this guy who is unsafe for me, but I'm debating if I should withhold my friendship from someone who is reaching out and trying. I don't know. What do you think? It's the new year. Should I leave this guy in the past? Should I give him a 57th try or a clean slate? I don't know, y'all. Help me out. I will appreciate any and all musings you have. Love, Cassie. All right, Cassie. Thank you so much for writing, for listening all these years, and uh, for trusting us with this letter. Listen, my friend. <laughs> uh -oh. I love the human spirit. Let me tell you. I love the human spirit that you were like, you know, fed crumbs for an entire year. And you're finally like, you know what? No, I want a meal. I'm going to cut this person off. And then they like crawl back into your life. And all of your friends are like, absolutely not. And even you, you're like, you are making the, f the most self-aware jokes. Like, should I give him a 57th try? <laughs> and I'm gonna, I got to call you out on your like subconscious writing here. You were like, I know I don't want like a romantic relationship with him. But and then the language is, should I give him a 57th try or a clean slate or leave this guy in the past? Like, you know, 
if you wanted, if you didn't want a romantic relationship with him, it wouldn't be a big deal to say no. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. let's just be real for a second. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this is all to say uh, you are in a pickle, but it's your pickle. You get to decide what this pickle looks like. <laughs> you have agency in this. <laughs> and uh, we're going to give you some advice on how to tell this guy to fuck off. No, just kidding. We're going to give you some advice on how to navigate this person while subtly or not so subtly reminding you that your experience of them has been 100% real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, it's, that it's been real his treatment of you, right? And that we can't cash a check off potential. But first, we're going to take a quick <laughs> break. <laughs> All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. <laughs> And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karakul jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Um, all right, Cassie. First of all, I just want to say that this Thing that you are going through is so deeply relatable to so many experiences that I have had. This is how I started dating my ex. Yeah, absolutely. Is like he was cr- shitty. I was like, "You're not going to be in my life," and he came tiptoeing back in. And I said, "You know what? Let me give you numbers fifty-seven to two hundred more chances." You know what I mean? Listen, you and I ate pizza on the hood of that car, and then we went and saw him play that show at that one dive bar. Yeah, and that was the first time I met him. And I was like, "He's really cute." And you were like, "Yes, he is." And then, who that just unleashed a years years long. But it was really cute because we sat on the roof of my car, on the hood of my car, and that ate was a pizza fun while name. we like waited for him that to really be ready. It was a good time. Yeah. Anyway, uh. <laughs> <laughs> enough about us, uh, Cassie. Uh, this is deeply relatable, and I want to tell you that the feelings that you are experiencing about your desire, your um, obsession, perhaps your. Um, you're really wanting this person to be in your life are so understandable because I think all of us or many of us have been there in this place where we're like, there's just this person who like makes me feel a lot of things and they're fun. And then they ghost me. And it's just like the, the, the weird sort of like release of brain chemicals that happens in our heads and bodies. It's just like, perfectly primed for us to be like, I need this person back in my life. Right. Like I'm not, I don't want to cut off access because like when it's good, it's so good. And I just need it. I need it. I need it. Like absolutely understandable and relatable. Like I don't, I'm not looking at you and thinking like, Oh my God, get it together in any sort of way. I'm like, Oh God, yes, absolutely. Could totally understand. And I want to say that the reason why this is so deeply relatable is not because this person is so amazing and wonderful and they deserve to be in your life, but because this is like a common pattern that happens with people in relationships where it's like give and take on again, off again, right? Like he's like the reason you're feeling all these things is not because this man is so special that you are feeling these things, right? You are feeling these things because of the dynamics that are currently happening in this relationship. He's nothing. (laughs) Like, I'm sure he's fine. Like, I'm sure he's fun to hang out with, but like you could swap him in for any like 
non-committal dude and the feelings would probably be the same <laughs> is what i'm telling you like he is not special he is just a guy who's like really good at stringing you along like that's that is the long and short of it and i'm sure he's got like talents and like he redeeming has qualities story, and, like, all those right absolutely like i'm really like and if he were in front of me i would i would be interested in that story absolutely but he's not you're in front of me and all i know of him is this constant sort of like Hey, I'm back. Oh, just kidding. Like repeated ghosting this like, oh, let's be friends. But like, oh, actually, I want something more. But now I'm overwhelmed. So let me pull back. And again, like none of this behavior is surprising to me. <laughs> like this is like all of this is like, mm hmm. Yep, absolutely. I can name four different people in my life who have done something similar to me or to somebody else who I know. Right. Like this is a, a pattern that happens. And and in every single one of those scenarios, the response of the person including myself was like, ah, let me get that person back. <laughs> like, Ooh, I love this back and forth. It makes me feel a thing, right? Like I'm no longer numb to the world. Instead, I just have like all these emotions about everything. And I want to say that like, these aren't emotions that are like healthy or sustainable or like going to create something nutritious for you, right? Like this, this person is not a place where you can sow any seeds that are going to wield something that's going to be helpful for you. Like he's made that abundantly clear 57 times, right? Like how many times has this happened that he's like come into your life and then brought you along for a bit and then like left. And my guess is that you, given that this letter is like a little bit old, you probably have already reached out to him and have probably already met him. And my guess is that he probably has already ghosted you once again, because that seems to be the pattern that he's following. <laughs> Yeah. So like maybe you met up with him and it feels a little different. Like, I don't know. We can only answer the question at hand in the moment that you wrote it. And I hope that you heard yourself write it out. That's, that's all like so often you all write us, you all write to us with questions and concerns and details. And Sam and I feel like you all know the answer you just need someone to tell you it's okay to to access that answer. So I want to say to you, it's okay. It's okay that this person took so much of your time and never fully returned the energy and effort you put into this relationship. It's okay that there's always going to be this feeling of like uncompleteness or unfinishedness about this person. It's okay that you never got to show him just what he was missing out on. It's okay for you to see his olive branch of a DM or olive branch of a fucking story Instagram like and be like, that's not enough for me to feel safe in friendship or any other ish ship, you know, to that's it. This is not enough for me. Right. To, to justify you being in my life. Um, I think that we are like super convoluted by the scarcity mindset around love around the, the, the language and the, I don't know, marketing that we get around love and relationships and, and passion and lust because like, like Sam said, I'm sure this person is fun and exciting and has his own story for why he treated you this way. I've treated people this way. I'm not judging this person at all. And also, also he's just like a drop 
in the bucket. He's just like another dude to, to <laughs> us, to the people on the outside. You know, Sam might have sounded like a little harsh by being like, he's a nobody or whatever you said. <laughs> but like what I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is like, why, wh- for what truthful reason do you think this person deserves your 57th try? What evidence do you need from us two podcast strangers that you don't already have access to in your own repertoire of experience? Right. And like I said earlier, people write in knowing the answer, um, which is okay, which is totally, I'm, I'm a total external processor. I can rarely make a decision on my own without running it by other people first. So I just want to tell you, it's okay. You have the evidence, you have the willpower, you have the right You are well within your means to say, I put a lot of energy into this pseudo relationship, pseudo friendship, and I just feel like my energy is spent better elsewhere. And I know that I'm, I'm sort of like being harsh in how I'm talking about this person. And, and I know that that probably doesn't jive well with your experience of him, right? Because there's, there's obviously reasons why he's alluring to you, right? There's like obviously reasons why you would want him to be in your life. And, and I will say that like, like Sierra said, it doesn't sound to me like those reasons are outweighing the way that he's treating you. Right. And like, and I, I want to say this explicitly, like he's, he's being mean to you. And I know that it maybe doesn't feel like that because like of all of the ways in which he can sometimes be nice to you, but like ghosting people isn't, isn't a nice thing to do. Right. Like, Telling somebody that you want to be with them and then a week later ghosting them, it's not kind, right? Like it's not, it's not a nice thing. And I, and I don't want you to keep making space in your life for somebody who is mean to you, right? Like somebody who is treating you poorly because I don't know you personally, but I know that you deserve better than that, right? I I know you deserve people in your life who are going to treat you with kindness and respect and compassion and not leave you hanging. And I, and I know that like, I know that there are probably a lot of reasons why he's practicing this unkindness with you, right? I know that there's probably things in his life that are causing this and it doesn't mean that the outcome is any different, right? It doesn't mean that the impact on you is any different. And so I want you to create space in your life for a love and relationship, a friendship that is more consistent, more fulfilling, less mean than what you are getting from this person. And, and I really think that, that taking a step back and, and trying to look at this, not just at the times where things have felt good or in the way it makes you feel when he, when he, you know, likes one of your stories or responds to one of your stories, right? Like, I want you to look at it and say, like, what is the thorough, like the the through line of our relationship been, right? Like, this is the 57th time something like this has happened. And the other 56 times, it's gone poorly. So why am I creating so much space for someone who has such an inconsistent track record with me? And I think you should block him. And I mean, like, block him, block him. Not like, oh, he can somehow text me or add me on Instagram. Like, I want you to be like, I want you to go into the blocked accounts list and, like, add this person to it. I want you to go into your phone and go under blocked numbers and put this person's number in it. Because he doesn't deserve access to you. He has proven himself unworthy of your time and attention because he doesn't appreciate it. He just throws it away when he, it feels like it's not serving him anymore. Okay. 
Yes. Okay. This is all perfect. <laughs> I'm ready. Sierra's going to throw in like a, but he sounds like a really cool dude. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm actually going to throw in a, if you, no, this is what I'm going to throw in. I'm going to say that in the years leading up to the reunification of my wife and I, we dated when we were 23 or when I was 20 and she was 23 and then like 12 years later we reconnected um, while Sam was talking and I looked up the email thread <laughs> in the, in the years, in the years leading up, to, in the years leading up to us getting back together, Willow would contact me or, or I would contact her every couple years. Like we would kind of like, I don't know touch touch base but it was very inconsistent i never in a million years thought we would like get back together um and so when and whenever whenever we would start conversing in any serious way via email willow would ghost like she would not respond and that's because of whatever is going on in her life and her communication style at the time and it would gut me every time um and this last time that she reached out to me, the, like, just, just, you know, in the 12 years that we were apart, it probably happened like four times, you know, so it's very inconsistent. Um, but the, but the most recent time it happened, we had kind of emailed back and forth. We had like this really meaningful exchange and we talked about maybe meeting up and then she ghosted me and I was crushed. And so then a couple of years later, when she reaches out to me, she wrote me an email and said, like, you popped in my mind. I want to know how you're doing. I was like super I was in like my healing era <laughs> and I was super protective of my energy and my heart because I had just gotten dumped by a serial cheater. <laughs> and I just didn't I like was like, I'm not fucking doing this again. I'm not I'm not doing this dance with you again. I'm not. But I recognized that I really liked her as a person. So I was sort of withholding in my communication with her or I was very particular with how I talked to her. And then we like emailed back and forth and she kept following up. She kept being like asking more questions so that the email thread went on, you know. And finally, she was like, and what about this? Like, what made you move back to Minneapolis? And I'm looking at the email right now. Um, I finally said, how about a phone call? It's a lot to type and I want to hear about your life too. For the sake of transparency and growth, there is also some fear in me that if I type up a long and genuine message, you won't respond and it will hurt my feelings. I don't hold anything against you. So I hope this doesn't come off as dramatic or presumptuous. We're both busy adults who are lifetimes away from each other, but you still hold a special place in my heart and I'm attempting to put in what I get out. <laughs> and Willow, <laughs> that's the firmest boundary I've ever put up in my entire life. <laughs> and it's still, it's, it's literally, it's literally just me being like, don't fuck with me. <laughs> but Willow, please don't, please don't you know, ghost to me. <laughs> yeah. In, 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 in retrospect, Willow said that like, sh- that's when she knew she had to like Annie up that she had to like, that, sh- that this wasn't a cycle that we could continue. And so she called me the next day and that's how it all started again. Oh God, so this is just all to say <laughs> why. Oh, just like an out of the or? blue phone call from like somebody that oh, you no. like have a like, oh my God. We, we kind of oh, knew you scheduled it. it. Okay. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't just like a ding. <laughs> anyway, uh, 
So I would have been like, ah, I would have um, like thrown my phone across the room. <laughs> like, How did they know? I remember where I was when she <laughs> called me for the first time because her phone wasn't in my number, but it was like Albany, you know, and I was at the coffee shop that was down by your house because I was living with you at the time. Anyway, um, this is all to say to our lovely letter writer. You get to set the tone of your life. Like if you really f- feel like interested in this person, then explicitly say to them like. I'm not here to do this dance anymore. Like you will not be able to get away with this ex- behavior with me. You know, um, I think you can say that really strongly and clearly by just blocking them. But if you, you know, erring on the side, on the side of human growth, like this person obviously feels something for you or else they wouldn't just hit you up. But what they feel for you might just might not have the weight or respect that you want, that you deserve, you know? And, you can command that. You can just say like, <clears throat> if you can't dance, don't, don't, don't take my number. Like if you can't, I'm not here to play these games anymore. You can be that explicit. Um, will it work? Will it, will it change their behavior? Will you, will you get married and move to Albany with them? I don't know, <laughs> but I do know that it is, it's also going to start with you. I'm thinking about that letter that we answered to the, to the person who was, frustrated with the um she's a single mom she's dating somebody who wasn't like carrying their weight at, in the household and sam was like how do you how do you mm-hmm, get him mm-hmm. to to help with the dishes you tell you stop doing the dishes you know what i mean like not in a vindictive way but like she kept <laughs> uh-huh. asking her partner to like step up and do chores but then she would always do them you know so she had to be the cycle breaker mm-hmm. and you have to too you have to Put into your life what you want out, which is honesty, boundaries, energy. And if that's not reciprocated, they're booted. They're kicked out. I think that's great. All right, my lovely. Um, We know that we like went super (laughs) hard on you. And this is literally just a question asking us like if you should have coffee with this dude. But it's a cycle and we want you to break the cycle for your own (laughs) happiness. Um, we love you and we hope this helps. Thank you so much for writing. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more content from us, or if you would like access to our office hours, which is when we hop on Zoom and have a fun conversation with folks who are patrons, you can always support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode, as well as access to the backlog of all of those episodes. There's more than 100 at this point. And you get access to those monthly office hours. That's patreon.com slash pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes. But most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his podcasts and music. And remember, you get to break patterns in your life. You get to do something differently. You have all of the permission in the world to take note of what's happening in your life, what's being repeated, what's being enacted on you that you don't like. And you can pull the plug. You can say, 
I don't want to participate in this anymore. Sam and I believe you. 57 tries is a lot of tries. And if all else fails, just break up.